UGA Football News presents today's sports report. On today's sports report, we'll talk about University of Georgia football and more. And now, here's your host of today's sports report, Chris Hall. Welcome to today's sports report, a presentation of Bailey Hall and Brigette LLC at UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Chris Hall, your host, and we're very pleased to have with us today Chris Burnett. Chris wearing the big G on his jacket, of course. Chris, a former player from LaGrange, Georgia. Played for Georgia back in uh, 2009 to 2013. He personally is responsible for the great careers of Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall, and a host of uh, running uh, backs for the University of Georgia. That's about right, isn't it, uh, Chris? You, you, you paved the way for those guys. Without yeah, you, yeah. they wouldn't be where they where they went, right? That, that's exactly right. No, no, I'm totally kidding. They, they made me look much better than I actually was. So <laughs> grateful for those guys and, and the opportunity to block for them. But thank you to you, Chris, just for having me back. It was fun last time. So excited to be here. Yeah, it, it's good to have you back. Now, uh, Chris, uh, you were a part of SEC championship games two times, a three-year starter, uh, made all SEC second team in 2012, captained the team on several occasions, Started out on the scout team, uh, being redshirted, and and you're one of those stories. We love those stories, you know. And I guess it was emphasized by the Stetson Bennett uh, story. But man, you look for yeah. you look for those gems, and uh, I, I don't want to call you a late bloomer, but boom, there you are, <laughs> and you climbed the ladder, and you had a great career at the University of Georgia. And today, you work for. What can I say? It uh, my, my favorite restaurant, Chick Fil A. I mean, seriously, <laughs> and I'm I'm not just being a homer. Yeah. And I love me some Chick Fil A. And uh, how's how's it. things with Chick Fil A these days? Yeah, things are incredible. Um, I cannot complain one bit about working for Chick Fil A. Like I feel like I've just been blessed with incredible organizations that I've been a part of. You know, Georgia football, being a part of that family. I think has changed my life. Like literally it's changed my entire life. Uh, I met my wife when I was in Athens, you know, so it, it's that impactful. But um, Chick-fil-A has, I think so far, kind of been one of those types of experiences and family atmospheres. Um, just one of those places where they just take care of you. And it's also one where you feel inspired to take care of others. Um, like our, our kind of rallying cry really since 2020, has been been trying to go back to the basics of what Truett Cathy, our founder, had, which was to become the world's most caring company. Um, and I can feel it on a daily basis of how I'm treated, you know, by the, the staff and the people who I report to. Um, but also it just helps to inspire me to do the same. And it's just fun. Like I, I genuinely have fun at work every day. Like specifically my work is helping to open new restaurants, um, in the Northeast, specifically in Pennsylvania. And I lead a team of, um, you know, project managers who help in the North, the rest of the Northeast and also in the Southwest. And we just have a good time every day. Like I, I've implemented some cool things I've learned at Georgia. We actually have a Chick-fil-A helmet and I, uh, we have helmet stickers when people do second mile service. So when someone, you know, does great work within their team or does something that, um, you know, will be 
considered exemplary. We, we kind of gather together in our team meeting and we'll do a helmet sticker. You know, we'll clap it up and celebrate that person. And, you know, that, that all springs from my time at Georgia. So I, I love that stuff. I love it. Uh, you, you know, I, I love it. Now, something very special in your life. Personally, your beautiful wife, Arielle, yes. and you recently welcomed a newborn into your world. Tell me about little Landry. I know already. What is she, three months uh, old yes. or something like that? Yes. She's running the household already, correct? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely <laughs> is. And, you know, I, I'm just a very blessed man. Um, you know, my wife, Arielle, and I, we've been married almost uh, nine years. Um, it has flown by. And, you know, we've always wanted to grow our family. And, you know, God saw fit to just give us the blessing of Landry in january and she actually get this chris was born on the date of the national championship game so <laughs> you know I, I don't know if it was destiny for us to win that game or not but i feel like it's destiny for her to wind up at georgia whether it be playing basketball or volleyball or tennis or something who knows uh but she's definitely a, a dog for life i feel like um and she's just been like you said running the household you know, running us ragged, you know, reducing all our sleep on a <laughs> nightly basis, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of my questions was going to be, where were you when uh, Georgia won the national championship and <laughs> were you watching the game and what was your reaction? Yes. Did you watch it in the hospital? I mean, did, were, were you able to catch any of the game when all when, when yes. Landry was coming into the world? You know what's so awesome? Like, God was good to me that day. Like, that was... Quite honestly, that's top three days of my entire life for multiple reasons, mostly because of Landry. But it, it was great to have that icing on top of the, that national championship win. But gratefully, we got to the doctor, we got to the hospital, I want to say maybe eight or nine that morning. Um, you know, my wife, she was uh, starting to have contractions. She was she had her water broke and, and induced and we had Landry by uh, 430. So that gave us plenty of time to, you know, do the documentation get her cleaned up, get us moved to the new room all before the game started. And it was beautiful, you know, to be able to watch the game, holding my little baby girl. And, um, you know, it just was, it, it was so surreal, you know, just to kind of have that experience wow. because my dad actually kind of prophesied, or at least he called it, he at least had an idea of that. I would say six months before she was born. He's like, you know, Chris, I think this is the team. You know, Georgia's going to be in the national championship, and Landry's probably going to be born on the same day. And sure enough, it wound up happening. So that was that was an incredible day. That, that, that's fantastic. And, of course, holding Landry, a newborn, when, when Georgia did good or Georgia did, you know, maybe something that was not so good, you couldn't yell. I know That's how right. you guys watch these games. So you had to like mute all your responses, right? Yes. So you wouldn't disturb little Landry. That's right. That's right. It was it was definitely a governor in there that was built <laughs> in and it helped me to, to stay a little bit more cool, calm and collected. Um, but oh. gratefully, I was confident. Like my wife will tell you, she was getting, you know, a little antsy. She's actually a Florida State fan because that's where she went to college and that's where her parents and brother and uncles and everybody went to Florida State. Um, but she's, you know, she's a bulldog now. Uh, like she, yeah. she's been engrafted into the family. So she was nervous about it. And the whole game, I just was like, no, I think as long as we, the way our defense was playing, I felt like yeah. we just needed one drive. I, like if we could get one drive to pull together, I thought we could win it. And sure enough, 
we were able to kind of make it happen and, and uh, you know, just change the tide. So it was pretty amazing. Uh, that fourth quarter, we will always remember that fourth quarter. And of course, yes. the last play, or yes. close to the last play with the interception. You know, I, I've talked to some of the former players for the University of Georgia, and I've talked to them about their response to winning the national championship. Of course, 1980, uh, prior to the one uh, that Georgia won. In 2021, 1980 was mm-hmm. the last year that Georgia won the national championship. But I've talked to a lot of you guys, and and it, it you, you, your response is is really kind of interesting. It seems as if you were there. You were there with the team. You were all in. You had invested so much in the University of Georgia. Yes. You you had dreams and desires to win a national championship when you were playing. But now that you're you know you've you've advanced on and you're an alumnus and you're a former player. Well, you you guys were all in with this team, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, you had you you were there, uh, yes. like almost like you were playing in the game yourself, right? Yeah, it, it was a unique and special experience. Um, I, I'll be quite honest with you, Chris. I think I I had a period of time where I was not the biggest Georgia fan when when Mark Rick got let go. I think I had, I was emotional about I it. I understand. A yeah. lot of us were. A lot of yes. us were. Yeah, yes. so, so emotional to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm taking a break. I need some separation. Because for me, like I associated Georgia football with Mark Rick. Like there was no separation between the two. Um, but come 2017, when, um, you know, we had that incredible run with, you know, Chubb and, and Sony and all those guys. I remember after we won the SEC championship and kind of got that monkey off our back since 2005, I I got a chance to celebrate with some of the guys on the field. And this was the last group of guys that were, you know, freshmen when I was still at Georgia. And something that uh, Reggie Davis and Davin Bellamy told me, who were on the team at the time, was that they were there because of us. Like, they were there because of, the seniors who existed when they had first got there because it planted the seed to know what was possible, showed them how to work and how to get there. And it's so fitting that I'm sure that group was the one that planted the seed and showed the the group that won the championship uh, this past year how to work and, and what it took. So to your point, it all feels connected. Like it feels like we were there. It feels like we had a hand to play, even though we didn't, you know, have one single down, you know, during the game. So it was one of those things where you felt so proud, like so proud of those guys. And it was very special. I think just given all the other circumstances surrounding it, like to finally beat Bama as well. You know, it's just all of that stuff that made it great. You know, Kirby and and Nick and their relationship um, and just doing it in the fashion that we did it with dominant defense. I think it just felt Right. And it was uh, a pretty special moment to, to behold, for sure. It was, it was like the pop-off valve pop when we won the national championship. Yes. You know, when we win, it's we. We win. We won. Yeah, that's they, right. Those guys <laughs> lost, you know. But it, right. it was like the pop-off valve, uh, you know, popped off when uh, Georgia won the national championship. And all of Dog Nation and you guys, we just – it was just like such a relief to finally get it, to finally yes. get where, you know, we all wanted – uh, to go in a great celebration, and we're still celebrating it. Uh, speaking of Coach Rick, I know you pray, played for Coach Rick. He was in our area recently, had the opportunity mm-hmm. to see him. And, of course, he's, he's struggling some in his health, uh, but mm-hmm. he's still active, still involved, yes. still doing, uh, you know, the things that he, he loves. Uh, his, he, you know, 
everyone is trying to do the best they can to help him through going through uh, his health mm -hmm. situation. Have you have you talked to Coach lately, or have you seen him lately, or yeah. had any interaction with him lately? So I have not seen him in a while. Uh, I want to say the last time I saw him, he was actually still coaching at Miami, yeah. um, and it was a Florida State Miami game. You know, I'm I'm there with Florida State gear on with my in laws. But secretly, I'm rooting for Miami the entire game. <laughs> and, you know, it was a it was one of those last minute wins and, and it was super exciting. And, and Coach Rick and, and the guys brought home the, the W. It was actually Coach Cyril's was was there on his right. staff and yeah. uh, Thomas Brown were both yeah. on his staff at that time. And so I got to see them and I gave him a hug and kind of congratulated him then. So that was the last time I saw him in person. Um, but. We've had a few phone calls since then. He actually did my letter of recommendation for Chick-fil-A, wow. uh, which was very special. Uh, I was yeah. so grateful for that because he just said some incredible things that I don't even know if were fully true, uh, but he was, you know, <laughs> he was being super kind and I'm just grateful for him and the man that he is um, and the advocate that he is. But we did have a brief kind of text conversation right before he was honored. I can't remember which game that was uh, yeah. this past season. And, um, you know, he seemed to be doing really well, was against, in good spirits and responded extremely quickly, you know? So I, yeah. I'm like, I know he's busy. I know he has a million other things that are going on. So I just was grateful that he, you know, remembered my numbers, still had it locked in and we had a little combo there. But to your point, um, I'm just, it, it's tough to see him, you know, kind of going through his, his health ordeal right now. Um, and just the implications of what that means for him and just his life and the quality of it. but. The way that he has been such an incredible example um, for others, it's almost like you can see that continue to permeate through the way he's lived his life through this current situation and circumstance, just how to suffer well, um, how to continue to serve others in the midst of your circumstances. And, um, you know, he's always been an inspiration for me and I'm sure for many others within Bulldog Nation. So he has a special place and a lot of people's hearts, but, you know, definitely for me, because he, he gave me an opportunity and a shot and he poured into me for five years. And, you know, I can't even you know put a lot of it into words. I'm grateful I am. Yeah, we love Coach Rick. And and you're one of a million you can talk to of, of the influence that he's had on their life, continues to have. It's not like, yes. you know, you, he coaches you and you just go on a life and he forgets you. That's right. The interaction continues to be there. And uh, right. we love Coach Rick. Well, of course, right now, spring uh, practice is going on with the University of Georgia and uh, the big uh, G-Day games coming up this coming Saturday. Uh, and and so uh, it, it will be the ring ceremony. There'll be the ring ceremony. Now, I don't know if you saw the, okay. the rings that the Atlanta Braves got. You know, the, those I've never yes. seen a ring like that. I don't know if the players from Georgia are going to get get a ring like that, <laughs> but it's going to be the ring ceremony. It's going to be a celebration. Yeah. Saturday at G Day, and it's going to be an unveiling of the new team. Now you know we we in a new year, and so we still have yeah. some uh, players from the past team, but it's a new team. You know, it's always yes. a new team and a new year. So tell me, a, tell me a little bit from your experience. What was spring practice like? You know, what, 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 the intensity of spring practice. Yeah. G Day has changed now a lot from when you played. It, it's it's changed a lot. Tell me about your experience with spring practice and, and uh, G-Day. It was terrible. 
Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I understand. understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> All but the I, pain, right? Yes, yeah. So I like I say that tongue in cheek with a little bit of honesty, you know, uh, on the edges of that. But spring football, I was one of those guys who was not the biggest fan of spring football, just because it was usually super hot. Um, you didn't have the the excitement of the game to look forward to. And sometimes you just get tired of hitting the same people. Like you want to hit somebody new. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this, that spring ball was one of those moments where you got to just experiment and try new things. Um, going into the season, you know, when you get to fall camp, you're almost really just focused on how can I make it and how can I, you know, learn as much as I can to prepare for our first game. Like you're usually, even though you're, you know, you're doing some of those more toughness drills, you're doing more of those um, technique drills that are included as well. But the emphasis is usually, hey, we have this, you know, premier matchup potentially like a Boise State or um, a Clemson that we're going to have in this first game. And we're getting prepared for them. And that's usually how camp is situated. But spring ball, there's no game to get prepared for. So you're able to just try stuff. And I would say that's where the fun were to come in is you're able to try new things technique wise. You're able to learn what some of your new strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you're able to even try, you know, new plays and new wrinkles that the offensive coordinator and, you know, line coaches may try to implement and bring into the fold. So that's where some of the fun comes in. But also you're able to compete um, and you compete a lot. And I, I would always enjoy those moments to do some of the drills you you really couldn't do in the fall because of the fear of someone getting hurt or you know it wasn't always uh the, the best opportunity to do that during the season but during the spring you were able to just do more of the toughness drills or, or more of those things that might have showcased some of your strengths and i prided myself on being pretty good at those drills i wasn't the best i wasn't undefeated at all but i felt like i showed up pretty well in those drills so that was always fun um, but also, I mean, just G-Day in and of itself was just a cool moment. I think we didn't always appreciate it at that time that we only had a certain allotted finite amount of time. So we got to, you know, play between the hedges where there was a large uh, group of fans or there was no one there. And I think just getting that opportunity to play on that grass. Like we have the best grass. Like that's I don't even think that's debatable that we have the best grass. Um, we have just an incredible atmosphere and stadium. It's always just cool to to be there and just suit up for real, you know, in the red and black and in the silver britches. So that was always a special chance. But I will say the one time that I probably hated spring ball the most was in uh, 2012, uh, going into my redshirt junior year, uh, which was probably my best season of football in my entire uh, football career. Um, I actually at spring the g-day game was on my birthday which is uh, april 14th and i had the opportunity to play on both teams which you know you would think that's an <laughs> honor but when i tell you because that was probably the hottest time most tired fatigued i had ever been in my entire life because we were kind of short on offensive linemen and coach friend wanted me to to get more reps you know just doing some center and i you know being the, the team player that I am said, of course, like I'll do whatever it takes. So, you know, I'm running with, I think it was the, the black, there was the red team 
playing right guard, you know, throughout the game. And then I was playing uh, on the black team as the center rotating with uh, David Andrews and Dallas Lee. So all three of us wow. played on both teams. Um, and we were just trying to get the reps in and, that was a that was a great birthday gift, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that was like playing in the backyard at home. You know, you, you right. just, you know, uh, we've developed a relationship with Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey was a two way player at times, a yes. three way player. Yes. And and I read in his last in his last several games at the University of Georgia, he played in over a hundred plays a game. Wow! I just offense wow. and defense. I mean, unbelievable. I, I, that, that is unbelievable. And, yes. uh, so uh, G-Day's coming up uh, as we tape our program this coming uh, this coming Saturday. The stadium will be full. It'll be electric. I, I know they had the big celebration, you know, after Georgia won the uh, national championship in the stadium and the big parade. Yes. But this is just more of that celebration. Uh, and uh, it'll right. be a lot of fun to see the guys back on the field once again. Well, let's talk about the the, the, the upcoming season a little bit. You know, I, I I look at the SEC and and man, it's so competitive. You got Tennessee now, better. You know, yeah. Tennessee is is elevated itself under Josh Heupel. South Carolina is is elevated itself, taking great advantage of the transfer portal portal to bring in some players that are going to yes. be very helpful to to Shane Beamer's team. You got yes. Kentucky. Kentucky has elevated its game. You got right. Arkansas in the SEC East, which had a pretty good recruiting season. And Arkansas will be elevated. Florida may be, you know, it's unknown what Florida will be. Yeah, you never know with them. Yeah, Yeah, you never know. And then in the SEC West, you got obviously Alabama. You got Texas A&M with that great recruiting class. You got Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. You know, he's just, he's changed the dynamic of Ole Miss completely. You never know what you get with, with Ole Miss. So the question is, I know Georgia will be the favorite in the SEC East. Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of chance do we have? And I say we again, but what yeah. kind of chance does Georgia have to repeat again? And let's get back to the championship game and let's win the championship again. You know, ESPN and some of the other platforms are saying, well, Georgia's going to be down this year and they're going to underperform is the mm-hmm. word that they use. What do you think, just from your perspective, as you look at what Georgia has now coming up with yes. the roster and the season coming up? What's your gut telling you? What about Georgia yeah. and 2023? Yeah. So my, my gut tells me that within SEC East and SEC play, that we have a very strong chance to not only win the East, but be in the mix to win the whole SEC. Like I, I do believe that Alabama has the two best players, probably in the conference, but also probably in the country yeah. with Bryce Young. And, and Will Anderson, I think those are probably the two best players in my personal opinion. But I think that when you have the amount of talent that we continue to refill the pipeline with at Georgia, even if it's a name that you may not be super familiar with, yeah. I just believe that when you have that type of competition and that type of talent in, in one area, you're just going to naturally get better. If Either you're going to fold or you're going to get better. So with that in mind, even though we're losing so much talent, like on defense, Jordan Davis, yeah. Deontay Wyatt, you know, no, no, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's so many names, so many guys that we are losing um, that I think bring so much value to the team on the offense and defense. But when you think about it overall, we still have, you know, national championship winning 
quarterback under the center. You know, I know some Georgia fans weren't super happy about him right, not right. riding into the sunset. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's just differing opinions on that. But I'm grateful to have him back because he right. was able to execute in those most difficult trying moments. And I think when you have a quarterback who the team believes in and trusts and follows behind and has the pedigree, like he's done it, he's proven yeah. it, that he can beat the best of the best, regardless of what you think of his talent or his stature or his background, he's done it. He's proven himself. So I believe that we have a chance, a very strong chance to win the SEC, to win the East, but a puncher's chance to win it all again. Um, even with all the changes that have happened um, and the turnover that we'll have within the team. Um, so I'm not going to say down year in my mind. I, I would be, I think it's a very successful year if we do the way that I think we've always done, which is control what we can control. And the thing that we can control is saying we want to win the East. And then from there, we just try to do our best and see how the, the, the you know, the chips may fall because that was always our goal when I was at Georgia said hey let's win the east and then we'll take it one step at a time from yeah. there and I think if they had that same mindset they'll probably have the same accomplishments and success you know in 2022 uh for uh, the Georgia team of uh, winning the east that's the first step that's right to where you want to go well Chris what about Oregon now you know Georgia starts off with Oregon and Lanning head coach at Oregon left Georgia the the defensive coordinator for the University of Georgia you know, last year, the first game of the season for Georgia was against Clemson. That liked to wore me out. You know, in the, the months leading up to that game, I kept saying, big game, are we going to win? You know, it was a challenge. Clemson, you know, powerhouse. Now Georgia's going to open. And by the way, uh, with the first game with Clemson, it did force me to learn how to say Uangalele. The, the quarterback <laughs> for Clemson. Yeah. But now you, you, Georgia opens with Oregon. You know, back back in the past, we used to open up with, you know, maybe you hate to malign any team, but a cream puff team. But, boy, here we go with these high-profile teams. Yes. So what do you think about Georgia and Oregon? Georgia's going to be the favorite, but it kind of scares you a little bit. Oregon got, yeah. got some players coming back, good recruiting year. What do you think about that first game? I yeah, mean, Chris, you know, it's. I think you have a very great point that – it can scare you. It is yeah. very different to have to prepare for a team, especially one that you have not very much experience preparing for and don't have a lot of, you know, consistent information on, you know, the, the people and the personnel and their tendencies, whether it be the coaching tendencies or the players themselves. It can be a little nerve wracking. And I've had some experience, you know, of having those seasons start with a, a easier opponent and then those seasons that start with a more difficult opponent. Like we had, you know, 2011, the first game I ever played in uh, was against Boise State. Yeah, and it I was remember. that kickoff game. And it yeah. was one of those games where you knew a lot was riding on it um, from a reputation standpoint because we're the SEC team. We're the team that has all the, the SEC speed and the big linemen and, you know, the great defenses and, you know, they're the team from out in the in the West that, you know, doesn't necessarily bring a lot to the table. And, you know, there's probably some similarities there where there's like, hey, there's respect. Like we know they're a good football team, but are they on the same tier and the same level? 
um, where I would assume we were probably favored going into that game. And I would hope that they don't have the same, I think, mindset we had going into that, where we were like, you know, we're we're Georgia, we're SEC, like we'll handle the business and we got there and they kind of hit us in the mouth. And I would hope that they wouldn't kind of take an Oregon for granted. I don't believe they would just because of, you know, some of the pedigree that and the success that they've had within the past decade or so. I think that they'll respect them and and, and take it into account and, and be prepared and be ready. But I also, you know, credit a lot of that to the leadership that's there, yeah. whether it be Co- Coach Kirby Smart and the rest of the support staff, but also the, the senior leaders, the guys who've been there. Like, they know what it's like. They've won it all. Like, they've seen the mountaintop, and I'm sure they want to continue to inspire and push the guys that are there now forward to say, no, we don't take any opportunity or any opponent for granted so to your point it does make you nervous you know you have those Clemson matchups you have the Boise State matchups you have the all the other kickoff game matchups that you may see in our history Um, but I believe that we kind of got the monkey off our back in the big games and I think we'll show up really well and hopefully have a a dominant win but if not I think it'll just be a good game it'll be a great game to start the football season off with Um, the one that'll be exciting I think for all football fans and knowing Coach Kirby Smart, he he's not going to tolerate anything less than being totally prepared. That's right for Oregon. You know, my right. my wife worries about Kirby Smart. She says he never relaxes. Of course, she sees him <laughs> on the sideline during the games, yeah. and even you know in the uh, in the press conferences, it seems like he's so intense. And she says, "What does he do for for relaxation?" I worry about Coach Smart. <laughs> Coach Smart. And I said, "Look, I, you know, he's got a family, beautiful family. I know he takes care of himself, and he loves yeah. his family. He's just an intense guy. I mean, That's he's right. just he demands excellence. And yes. and so, uh, you know, I, I think he's the kind of coach that's not going to tolerate anything other than you play your best. Are you going to sit right. on the bench? And so." Uh, you know, I think we're in pretty good hands uh, when it I comes to so that too. first game of uh, the season. Well, uh, you know, one, just one other, a uh, couple of other things. Now, you started out on the scout team, you know, but you mm-hmm. were determined. You you wanted to play for uh, the University of Georgia. You wanted to elevate yourself. Stetson Bennett started out on the scout team. We know the story. You know, he left mm-hmm. and he came back. Uh, he, you know, uh, during uh, he was Johnny Manziel, uh, you know, on the scout team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, uh, for uh, when Georgia was uh, preparing to play against Manziel. And uh, he's, you know, and that's when he really caught the coach's eye. What a story, you know. And yeah. we speculated about the movie, the Stetson Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> the Stetson right. Bennett, Stetson right. Bennett movie. What does it take? I mean, you, he's playing. And you've got five-star quarterbacks sitting on the bench. Yeah. I mean, and you've got maybe one of the quarterbacks who who uh, there was a little Heisman uh, thing around him uh, coming into the season. Yeah. What does it take for somebody like Stetson Bennett to succeed the way he succeeded? Yeah. I, you know, Chris, I'll, so I'll give my answer on Stetson, but then I'll add some clarification on, on my career at Georgia as well. I think that you will appreciate one, when it comes to Stetson, like I have so much respect for the mental fortitude, the mindset, the confidence, the intentional preparation that it takes to go from where he came from, being a walk on, a guy who was probably overlooked, who was not sought after as highly 
and was told what he couldn't do, what he couldn't accomplish. But, and yet to still show up, show out and perform the way that he needed to. And that, you know, negative talk didn't stop like two or three years ago. It continued all the way into the season that he was playing and winning all the games. It continues to this day. That's right. That's right. It still continues to this day. And I think, if anything, it just continues to fuel him. And I love his mindset. And you can tell that the guys who are on the team with him not only respect him, but they like him. They want him to succeed. And I think when you have that type of relationship, it's hard to fail because you have that support. You have high challenge and you have high support. That's a that's a moniker that I hear a lot within Chick-fil-A. Our uh, current uh, president, Tim Tosopoulos, talks about just kind of his growth within Chick-fil-A and the organization and how um, the, the president and the CEOs at that time was, was uh, uh, Truett Cathy and the, the president, Jimmy Collins, at that time gave him an opportunity to open up new restaurants and free standards. And it was an opportunity of high challenge and high support. And I feel like with Stetson, he's probably in that f- type of environment as well. It's one of those where it's a high challenge. Like Kirby's going to challenge him, tell him, hey, you got to be prepared. You got to come ready to play and you have to know your stuff. You have to be your best on a daily basis and you have to be consistent. Um, but I'm sure at the same time, he's giving him a lot of support as well. And you could tell even the way he spoke about him within the media as the year was going on, that it was speculation about, oh, should JT Daniels finally be playing? Is he healthy? Or, you know, Brock Vandegrift or anybody, any of the other guys who are five stars, like why aren't they playing? You could tell that he was highly challenging Stetson, but he was also giving him a lot of support, probably in public and behind the scenes. So I think that says a lot about not only him, but also the environment culture that they've built within the team. So I love it. And I can't even imagine just how he feels coming from where he came from and, and coming from the the negativity that he probably has heard around his name for so long and to accomplish and prove everybody wrong. That's, that's pretty special and pretty cool. So hopefully the movie comes out and it does the story justice because it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And it probably, you know, I think it'll have to happen eventually, but just to your point about me uh, being on the, the scout team, I actually, this is funny, I actually was only on the scout team probably two or three days in my freshman year. Um, going into that season, I really, I, you could not have told me I was not going to start as a true freshman. Um, and I think that Coach Cyrus, who's back now, which is kind of yeah. crazy to think about, yeah. he yeah. was putting in, me in positions to to be successful and to challenge me and give me a chance to play. And I just had a few injuries, like a high ankle sprain, a few other kind of ticky-tack injuries that were kind of keeping me in and out of the rotation and the lineup. And halfway through the season, I think he just kind of wanted to give me one of those high challenge opportunities. Um, I think in his mind, he knew I probably was going to redshirt. We hadn't really talked about it, but I was still pushing to try to play um, from day one. And so he said, you know what, like instead of rotating with the twos and some with the the first team over here and we're not going to play you, go over to scout team and and deal with the challenge uh, and the opportunity that comes there. 
And I remember being livid. Like I was mad because I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm better than that. Like, there's no way I should be over there. I'm running with the ones and the twos. I should be playing as a freshman right now. Um, but I think going over there, having that opportunity taught me that you have to show up no matter the circumstance, no matter how things feel or how, you know, what, what type of um, support you feel like you may be lacking or whatever, you have to continue to show up and do the best that you can. And I was grateful for that lesson because it taught me resiliency. It taught me consistency because I had a plenty more injuries in my in my future that I wasn't aware of at that time. And it taught me how to continue to persevere. Um, and those two to three days, I will be honest, they were rough over the yes. South Sea. Uh, but I That's why coaches do. That's why coaches right. do. They challenge you. They figure that's out right. the way to push your button to get you yes. to be better. Uh, yeah, that's a great that's right. story. And you went on to have a great career at the University of Georgia. Well, we're going to close our program. I got some Chick-fil-A trivia for you. Okay. I just, I just want to <laughs> say, now, you know, I, I, I found some Chick-fil-A trivia. Okay. On, on uh, and and you can tell me if this is true or not. But yes. All right. Now, now the A in Chick Fil A stands for Grade A Chicken. Is that true or false? That is true. Absolutely. Yes. Talking, see, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> the answer I found was true, and, 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 and I agree. All right. When a customer says thank you to a Chick Fil A employee, what is your response supposed to be? Number one, you're welcome. Number two, come back soon. Or number three, it was my pleasure. You know, if I got this one wrong, I probably would get fired. <laughs> We'd cut it out on the program. <laughs> right, right. But you know, it's, it's my pleasure. And yeah. I don't know if you knew this uh, small fact. Truett actually got that from, um, oh my gosh, it's the whole Rich Carlton. Yeah, the Rich Carlton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He got that from the Rich Carlton. Uh, moniker where they would say it's my pleasure after saying yeah. something. That's cool. Uh, you know, yeah. I never noticed that. I uh, yes. from now on, I'm going to notice that uh, when I right. go to Chick Fil A. And and our final Chick Fil A uh, trivia question: Is Chick Fil A the single largest buyer of U.S. peanut oil? True or false? That's true you know, as well. That's true. Yes. Uh, the, the, uh, use a hundred percent refined peanut oil to pressure cook all of your breaded chicken. So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's, oh. it's amazing. I, I don't know how the operators do what they do. The team members, they do an incredible job. My job is just to try to create the place where care comes to life. But the way that they care for the customers, for the chicken, it's uh, second to none. Well, you do a great job. Uh, you know, I can just tell you do a great job. By the way, how many, store, how many Chick-fil-A's are in Pennsylvania? You know what? That's actually a really great question. I, we actually have a pretty solid representation in Pennsylvania. I'd say we probably have close to 70 stores right now, um, yeah. but there's always more in the pipeline. Like yeah. the thing that is incredible about Chick-fil-A is as great as our brand is right now, there's so much room and opportunity for growth, um, especially in the Northeast region where people just don't know our name the same way. So. We're trying to expand. There's probably 70 Chick-fil-A's in one part pocket of Atlanta. Yeah, uh, so that's true. They, they give some context that, you know, across Philly and Pennsylvania and Central PA, there's only about that same amount in the, across the entire state. So we're trying to change that. That's cool. Well, it's uh, been good to have Chris Burnett on us on our program today, uh, today's sports report. Chris, uh, former player for the University of Georgia, new dad with Landry. So you, you got the diaper changing thing. 
you know, we're good, oh, right? Yeah, I got, I got that down pat. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I've probably entered the, the uh, at least high hundreds, low thousands of hyperchange <laughs> amount at this point. You're, <laughs> so, you're a true dad. You're a true yes, dad. Well, Chris, right. thank you for being with us on our program today. Best of luck uh, with Chick-fil-A, and we hope to have you back on our program very soon. And as always, go dogs, right? Of course. Go dogs. Thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure to be on. Thank you for joining us for this edition of today's Sports Report. Be sure to join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with University of Georgia football and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.